Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Huddersfield Town's Terriers Together Talks. This month in July, we wanted to shed a light on Disability Pride Month, which happens in July of every year. We're joined by a, a panel of, uh, of three people. We've got Ryan, who is the, the founder of Proud Terriers. Paul, who is a member of our Huddersfield Town Disabled Supporters Club. Uh, he's also a secretary for the Huddersfield Town uh, Supporters Association and sits on our ATT panel, uh, as well as Stephen, who helped recreate Pride 81, uh, which is an event in a march that happened in Huddersfield Town to, to mark the anniversary of um, the day that Pride launched in, in Huddersfield some number of years ago. Um, Stephen, if I, if I start with yourself, if you could just give a, a brief introduction as to, to who you are and, and what Pride 81 as a, as a concept is, please. Hello, um, good to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, so I am the National Playwright in Residence to LGBT History Month. Um, so that's probably two unlikely routes into being a part of this conversation. Um, but the thing that drew me to a connection with um, Huddersfield Town was the fact that I was researching a project um, that was about the first um, LGBT plus pride that happened outside of London. And that happened in 1981 in Huddersfield. And when I went through the records and started looking at the pictures and we started to figure out what was the route that the march took, it's clear that it started at the old football ground. Um, and there were pictures, um, all of people amassing in the football car park. And so um, I became fascinated that the UK's first national pride actually happened in Huddersfield and started from a uh, football uh, car park as a kind of unlikely starting point in 1981. Yeah, it's, it's something that, that was happened recently, isn't it? The the, the march was, was recreated and, and unfortunately, I think probably due to the roadworks on Leeds Road that everyone will be familiar with, you weren't able to, to start again from, uh, from our stadium, but it was a success by all means, as far as we're aware. Yes, well, I walked, um, the, the idea of the project was to there's sort of three, three bits to it. Firstly, to um, put a call out for anybody who had any pictures, um, because there were very few pictures when we started this project. Now, the West Yorkshire Archive Service have probably collected over 100 different items. Um, secondly, to um, dramatise it. And part of dramatising it, we did some performances at the Lawrence Batley Theatre. And we also then recreated the march through the town centre. Um, and then thirdly, there was, which is up and running now, an exhibition of um, portraits by Ajamu X. And Ajamu grew up in Huddersfield and has family um, here now. And he um, saw the original Pride March in 1981. And Ajamu and I, when we were researching the project, um, decided we'd go and walk the original route. So we came down to the football ground and sort of, I, if, if I understand correctly, the site's been redeveloped massively since yes. 1981. So quite- Just a little bit. Yes. So, so we were looking at our map and obviously our map didn't quite match what was in front of us. So, so we got roughly to where we thought the car park was and um, we walked it. Um, and it's, you know, there's a long, boring walk up the upper dual carriageway, up that Leeds Road. Um, so we decided probably that wasn't the most exciting thing for people to do. So we picked a section of the route march that was that ran along New Street. And so we went up from the Lawrence Batley, walked along New Street, which was the kind of the big symbolic bit of recreating the route. 
and um, the actors, we had 10 actors who were playing different people who'd been involved in the original Pride in 1981. And they gave performances at the beginning and the end. And then as we marched along through the town and we were joined by um, Terriers together. And um, Ryan was there, I think, from Proud Terriers. Um, so it was great to have so much support from the club. That's a, a, a great time to, to segue and introduce Ryan from Proud Terriers, the, the founder of Proud Terriers. Ryan, if you give some background on, on the group and, and who you represent and, and your relationship with the club, if you could. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of obviously set this group a few years ago. Now, obviously, um, obviously, finding who I was as a person, I started to realise things in football that was making me feel, you know, uncomfortable. And, and I felt like there was no kind of place for me in football. Um, and I felt really passionate about, you know, really, you know, campaigning, you know, for, you know, kind of, you know, football for everybody kind of slogan that we, we use a lot on our social media page. Um, and yeah, like I said, I've been a town fan, you know, <laughs> pretty much all my life, um, you know, going home and away regular. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm a big town fan. And, and, and yeah, I, I just obviously, obviously I founded the group. I, you know, I feel very passionate about it. And, you, you, you know, um, like I said, the, uh, the pride match, but obviously that was, I was there, uh, Stephen, uh, you know, and it was fantastic as well. It was great to be a part of that. And I felt, found it really, you know, really, really good to be a part of. But yeah, that, that's kind of me. Excellent. That's a, a great introduction to yourself. And, and Paul, uh, last being, but, but by no means least, um, obviously your position on, on the Huddersfield Town uh, Disabled Club, uh, Disabled Sporters Club, sorry, uh, and through the ATT panel and the, the HCSA. Um, could you give a, a bit of background to yourself and, and your relationship with the club and, and everything you do is in, in all of those various capacities? Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. Thanks. Um, I've been a football supporter all my life, um, but you could probably tell by my accent, I'm not Yorkshire born and bred. <laughs> I'm originally from Dundee and through a roundabout series of moves, I came to Huddersfield in 1991. And uh, ever since then, I've supported the, my local team, which has been town with all the ups and downs that that contains. Um, I'm involved greatly uh, with football, as I have done all my life. And everywhere I've lived, I've supported the local team. But I'm disabled through um, with limited mobility areas, but I can walk with a stick. Um, but we have got many disabled supporters who support Huddersfield Town. And uh, I'm actively involved with the Huddersfield Town Disabled Supporters Club. Um, I'm not holding office there, but because of my other areas of activity, um, I do tend to represent them on the Altogether Town panel. And uh, Dave Heatherall, who's the chair, and Kevin Ryan, who's the secretary, are responsible for running the club. We've got regular attendees, um, ranging between 30 and 40 members and we meet every month and very often have guest speakers from the club itself. Yeah I've been lucky enough to, to attend um, one of your meetings in the, in the past with, with one of the guest speakers from the club as well and they're always great events. Could you give us a bit of background on on why exactly you feel it's necessary to, to have a disabled supporters club and, and sort of the, the unity and the, the camaraderie and togetherness that, that you have together in that group? 
Well, I think what we've really got in Huddersfield in particular, um, this will apply to other teams as well, but I'm a great believer in it's a community club and it represents the community of supporters that are around here. And we are just a cross section of society at large. And one of the key things for me in any football supporter base, and this will go for any sport or hobby aspect, is to be as inclusive as possible. And we have a, a great section of fans um, from all sectors of society in the Huntsville's area. And uh, the Disabled Sports Club is just a, another opportunity for those of uh, similar backgrounds with certain specific issues indeed, in terms of accessibility and so on, uh, to get together and help speak to the club and talk about our concerns, get any assistance and so on that we may require. Do you think that's uh, made a difference to, to how you've supported the club and, and, and your relationship with the club, the fact that, that that group is there and obviously you have an open dialogue with ourselves and, and there is a bit of uh, familiarity and, and togetherness with the, the people that you're um, in the group alongside? Has, has that changed the way you are a supporter, increased your enjoyment at all or you know the, the, the practicality of it or anything like that? How would you, how would you sum up that? Um, side of it. Well, speaking, speaking first and foremost as a football supporter, it's not changed my appreciation <laughs> in terms of football as such. Yeah. But it has given me an opportunity to get into dialogue with the club on behalf of all our members and to get more satisfaction in a sense from playing a role in trying to assist in the full inclusion and diversity aspects of the club. Okay, and, and do you think that's made a, a practical difference to the, the your, your members and, and the people who are, who are directly affected by accessibility issues and the like? Oh, I believe it certainly has. On a practical basis, um, we've recently had issues that we've raised with regards to the accessibility to the disabled toilets. Um, they were being kept open for all and sundry to use. Um, whereas before, of course, where it's, it's legitimately all about getting access for those that require that. Our disabled toilets also happen to be uh, interused with uh, baby changing uh, facilities as well. So it's important that for both mothers with young children supporting the team and disabled supporters, that we were able to ensure that they were locked and only accessible through the use of the radar key. And stewards are now more formally taking an interest in how access is controlled with disabled toilets. We've also recently issued the aspect of those who are either blind or uh, hard uh, lack, lack of vision sight to get some changes from the radio headsets that are used. I'm sorry, there was a lot of background noise that I couldn't quite. No, you, you're absolutely fine now, I can hear you fine. All, all right, okay, thank you. Um, we, we're working at the moment, especially with David Threlfall Sykes and the KSDL with regards to looking at how we can improve the uh, hearing headsets with regards to those people who can't see. They've got a visual handicap or they're blind themselves. 
and there's a, an audio commentary of all games. And you'll be surprised, there's quite a number of supporters who are challenged visually, who do come regularly to the games. And we're working on that as well. So there's a whole variety of things that we enter into dialogue with the club with. And as far as I'm concerned, it gives us all, the club and the supporters, um, an advantage. Because the more we can talk about issues, the more satisfied people will be and the longer our relationship with the club will be. That's interesting to, to hear, Paul, and, and all of the points you, you raised sound incredibly positive as well. And, and leading on from that, Ryan, your involvement with Proud Terriers and, and the, the increase in awareness of LGBT rights and, and uh, the issues involved with being a, an LGBT fan within football, how has that group and, and the dialogue you've had as a, as a fan and, and everything, the, the, the progress that's been made in the past few years in that sphere, how has that changed how you've been a football fan and, and your relationship with, with the club and being a town fan? Yeah, absolutely. I think that obviously, you know, we, we are slowly but surely getting there with things. But, uh, and like I said, the support from the club, by the way, has been absolutely fantastic, especially um, um, in the support services uh, department. Um you know, no matter what kind of ideas I've had over the years, uh, they've always tried to accommodate, you know, us and they've also obviously promoted us a lot as well, which we really appreciate. So, so yeah, like I said, first of all, I do, I, I love football and like I said, still kind of, you know, uh, kind of face discrimination at times within the game, but I think it has to, you know, what the club are doing, you know, you know, trying to make, you know, the stadium as inclusive as possible and, and uh, you know, that makes a big difference to me and that makes me feel a lot happier because I feel like, you know, you know, they well and truly care about this kind of stuff. Um, you know, so, and that's all you can, you, you can do as a club, you know, you know, just come together and keep raising that awareness. Um, and, and yes, yeah, so, so, so that, that kind of, kind of side of it, you know, really means a lot to me. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about everything. Yeah. That's good to hear. And, and you know, as the founder of the group, what would be your your message for anyone who's you know in a similar position to you might have been in, in previous years, who might be thinking about either joining a group or, or might be hesitant about coming to a game or anything like that? What, how would you try and per persuade them to to want to come or, or feel more confident about you know being involved with not just Huddersfield Town but but football in general as a sport? Yeah, of course. I, I, th I think, you know, what I've kind of done over the years is just to kind of, you know, just try it, you know, just try, try it. I know that, you know, obviously, if you've never been to football before, it's very intimidating, if, if, you know, definitely for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, because, because I, you know, you feel very alone in that, in that situation. Um, you know, and especially if you've got no one to go with as such as well, you know. Um, so, so that's kind of where my group comes in, where we obviously offer that safe space you know obviously we go to home games and away games together we, we, we arrange away trips so it's kind of like including people in you know and, and making them feel more comfortable um and and i think i think that that that'll really help you i think you know us being visible as well i would like to think that it, it is you know it will help us in the future and, and has helped people you know um you know up until you know up until this day really um so, so, so yeah, that's that's kind of you know it, my kind of message, my final message kind of would be in that aspect is, is you know j just you know if you are a bit you know 
scared of kind of getting into football or, you know, you kind of feel intimidated like I was, you know, all those years back. Um, I think you've just got to kind of look, see see what kind of support is around the club, you know, um, and, and go from there. Because like I say, the the fan groups like, like mine, uh, you know, they're growing by the day, you know. Um, you know, when I started, there, there was only kind of a small amount, but each 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 year or each month, I should say, um, there's more and more, get, you know, more and more being introduced. So you never know what's kind of, uh, you, you never know what's kind of about your club until you've actually done your research. So, so yeah, my, my advice would be that, you know, check out, um, what's you know if, if you've got an LGBTQ plus uh, fan group at your club and if you have you know don't be afraid to message because you know I, I've obviously made friends through you know through obviously you know going up and down the country and obviously meeting you know other fans from different clubs um, and you know I, I, I you know they're so friendly and you know I just wouldn't be I wouldn't hesitate to do so if you love football um, I, I would I would think you know that you know if you if you make that step um, you know um, it, it will be, it will be, it will be good for yourself. But it will be good to obviously um, interact with, with other people that um, obviously have have had similar experience potentially. You know, obviously in terms of like discrimination. Um, so yeah, there's that understanding there, and there's that safe space. You will feel safe within the group. You know, if you, if you do join one of the groups, um, depending on who you support. But yeah, uh, that's kind of my advice. No, that's interesting to hear. Um, I'll ask you this first, Ryan, and then Paul, if you could follow on from, from this as well. Uh, Disability Pride Month is, a, is an interesting concept and, and something that's obviously incredibly worthwhile because it's, it's something that goes across not just, just pride in LGBT circles, but as well as, as disability pride and, and shedding the light on the fact that you know, people with disabilities aren't just, you know, um, mm, aren't just people with disabilities that have their own lives and, 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 and that are in different societies away from that as well. Ryan, for you as, as somebody within one of those communities, how is it for you to, to see that there isn't just a, a pride month, but there is more, more variety in that there is a, a spotlight shone on, on different people within that society and within that area. And, and Paul, if you could follow on from that and, and say for you, obviously within the disabled community, how good it is for you to see people within your community who have different backgrounds and, and, and lead different lives and, and you know yourself might or, or, or you know people within your group how it is for you to to see these sorts of awareness months as well spring up and, and, and start to gain traction yeah absolutely I think that you know for me it is very very important to have you know you know, you know something like disability pride you know that obviously shines a light on this because I think that you know it I just feel like you know it is important to be inclusive across the whole board. You know, you, 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 and I think that you know it, it's just one of those things that I feel like it needs it needs talking about, and it needs you know people you know people need to be aware. And I I just I just can't you know like I say um, for me you know the the group itself we we welcome anybody in you know and. Um, we, 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 you know that's that's more important that's the most important thing to me um so yeah it's fantastic to see you know something you know something like disability pride happening because um first of all it is there because it is needed and second of all um i think that you know like i say it raises that much awareness uh, that is very much needed as well so yeah uh 
Thanks for that, Ryan. I, I can really only echo basically what he said. I think he's covered all the bases there. Um, just because a supporter is disabled uh, doesn't mean that they're not part of other aspects of society. Their personal lives, their sexuality and so on is something which is, you know, the disability is just an adjunct to. It just uh, adds a, a sort of categorization to how we are. But the, the aspect about for a football club and the respect and communication that's shared between supporters and the club and amongst the various supporter groups themselves, it should all be representative of the very diverse uh, society that the fandom as such comes from. And uh, I think that the whole aspect of having uh, events and disability pride months and other aspects for other categories of people is the aspect about it's, it's showing an awareness, a growing awareness for people who perhaps don't realize that there are others out there just like them and they may feel isolated and alone and less comfortable about going into uh, a sports stadia, for example. Uh, so I think it's a great thing. And I'm very happy to see that the club, in common with many other clubs, um, support such aspects. Yeah, I think you, you've both spoken really well on that, and it's really interesting to, to hear both of your perspectives. Stephen, if I ask you from an overall perspective, from you know your position within the LGBT community, having you know, obviously had the 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 passion and the the want to to organise something like the the Pride eighty one march and the uh, you know doing stuff like that within communities and, and what have you. How is it for you as a as a whole to see the fact that that Pride isn't just being uh, you know held in one month or there isn't just one section of the community who are having a spotlight how, you know shone on them. Everybody is is starting to get a, a bit of a fair shake and, and being able to have some visibility and understanding and a, you know a wider understanding within sectors that, that people might not might not assume they would do with you know football clubs and what have you getting involved and the like. Is it is it is it, it can only be a positive thing, can't it? Absolutely, and I think the um, you know we've all got a lot to learn from each other, haven't we? We all we all we are all uniquely diverse in our own ways and have our own sets of characteristics and. Um, you know, there's a tribal bit of us that wants to belong to the big group. Um, but in that, we can mask lots of differences and lots of specific challenges that each community faces. And the way to, to deal with that is to have dialogue with each other, isn't it? To, to have things like Terriers Together, where you bring different groups together with a voice, empower that voice, and then get them into dialogue with each other so that we can understand each other's perspective and you know change some of our behaviors um, that's always the challenge but when we when we hear from 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 those voices sometimes what they're asking us to do is change a little bit and uh, move some of the things we've we've got used to doing a little bit so we all have to approach it as well with that willingness I think both to not just to listen but to hear and to reflect on our own behavior and and change a bit in order that everyone can be part of that tribe and that bigger picture that's excellent and i think that's a, a really nice place to to sum up but just before we do end uh, i want to give you all an opportunity just to 
um, let people who are listening know um, if they want to get involved with your group or where they can find your groups online or in person or anything, um, how they'd go about doing so. So Stephen, if you let people know about your work first and then uh, Ryan, if you follow on and Paul, if you, you finish off with the, the various things you're involved with, uh, just get, give people an opportunity who are listening, who, who might want to get involved with yourselves, um, the ability to do so. Well, um, my production company is called Ink Brew Productions, I-N-K-B-R-E-W, Ink Brew, like a cup of tea. Um, and uh, we're on all social media, as you'd expect. And um, the exhibition that I was talking about by Jamu X um, is running at the Lawrence Batley Theatre through to the 9th of September. It's called The Day the World Came to Huddersfield. Absolutely. And yeah, um, so yeah, you can find the group on all social media platforms, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just type in Proud Terry Zeal Finders. Um, you, can, you can message us on email, uh, proudterryzeal at gmail.com. So yeah, like I say, obviously the new season is fastly approaching now. I can't believe it's you know, only to go. Um, so yeah, um, like I say, we will be looking to kind of, obviously, um, kind of, meet before games you know once the games get underway and things like that and and yeah so if, if you are you know thinking about maybe you know joining the group please don't kind of hesitate to contact us like I say we we are a friendly bunch I promise <laughs> and yeah I know it can be quite daunting to message somebody or, or you know on, on your own kind of thing but I, I would just say if you are thinking about wanting to get into football and you follow Huddersfield um you know please do um get in touch with us yeah but yeah that's where you can find us uh yeah this is paul uh, disabled supporters club we meet the second wednesday of every month at the birch and cliff sports and social club uh just off ainley top and uh as i say we at 7 30 p.m the meeting start um, there's a sticky post on the Down at the Mac uh, um, blog uh, website aspect that has all our contact details. My phone number and address is there. Uh, more than happy for you to make personal contact with me through that or just turn up at the uh, event. There's obviously disabled access at the Birch and Cliff Sports and Social Club and they look after us very well. Uh, can I just pass on a word, really, of thanks to um, Rachel Taylor, Sport Liaison Officer for the club, and also Andy Booth, uh, Club Ambassador, who does a tremendous amount of work for us and usually arranges club speakers to come up. And Andy attends a lot of the meetings himself. But thanks to all concerned for today. Of course, and, and thank you uh, as ever to, to you three for, for taking the time to, to speak to us and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get to speak to you again down the line on another episode of Terry's Together Talks.